0: Hello and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss difficult-to-decipher concepts surrounding the 2020 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many benefits available to our free members-only portal on our website, ecmweb.com, located under Premium Content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, including What's Wrong Here, Moving Violations videos, and Illustrated Code Catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss why Section 422.30 has such a wide range of interpretations surrounding it. Russ, let's just go ahead and start with some background on this rule to give our listeners some perspective on how and why this can get confusing in the field. So when it comes to deciding on an appropriate type of disconnecting means for an electric range, the code gets a bit confusing. So can you start with what's what you think's behind this confusion?
1: Well, the first question we need to answer is, does an electric range need a disconnecting means? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. Section 422.30 clearly states, every appliance must be provided with the means to simultaneously disconnect each ungrounded conductor supplying the appliance.
0: Okay, so that's a good start. So are there other factors to consider that muddy the water when interpreting this requirement? And if so, how do they come into
1: play? Yes, the next question we would need to answer is, where can this disconnecting means be located? To answer this question, we can start by looking at section 422.33a. Here the code says cord and plug connected appliances having an accessible separable connector or an accessible plug and receptacle combination are permitted to serve as the required disconnecting means. So simply sliding a freestanding range out and unplugging it from the receptacle located on the wall behind it would meet the NEC requirements for an accessible disconnecting means. Or would it? We might need to dig a little deeper into this matter.
0: OK, so it sounds like there's a lot more to this issue than meets the eye. Do you have any examples of how this comes up in the field and what you think the intent of the code is?
1: I do. Further reading of Section 422.33 b might cloud and install judgment a little bit. This requirement tells us that an electric range with a cord and plug connection accessible from the front by removing a drawer will meet the intent of section 422.33A. So does this mean that a range without a removable drawer, like a warming drawer for the range that I have in my kitchen, wouldn't meet the intent of section 422.33A? Does this mean that unplugging the range through the removable drawer space is the only way to comply with this requirement? Or does it simply mean that unplugging the range through that removable draw space is merely another way to comply with section 422.33a. This is a very important distinction to make because if the plug and receptacle are not considered accessible, then section 422.33a requires compliance with 422.31 instead.
0: That seems like an important point to make and demonstrates why things can get so confusing. Can you elaborate a little bit more on 422.31 to put this all into perspective?
1: Sure. For large appliances, such as a 50 amp electric range, 422.31B permits a switch or circuit breaker to serve as the disconnecting means if located within the site of the appliance. This means a 60 amp disconnect might need to be installed in the kitchen or other area in sight of the range. If the circuit breaker panel for the house is in the basement and you know away from the range another option is to have the switch or circuit breaker be lockable in accordance with section 110.25 if not located within sight of that appliance this means locking provisions will be needed to be installed at that circuit breaker or switch as another possible solution but installers really need to have a discussion with their ahj on this one because portable lockout devices won't satisfy this requirement Section 110.25 re- requires the locking provisions to remain in place with or without the lock installed. So permanently installed locking provisions will be needed to satisfy 110.25. Personally, I believe if the plug-in receptacle for a range are accessible either through the removable drawer or by sliding the range out, it would be code compliant. But a discussion with the HJ would probably be a good idea to get their interpretation.
0: That definitely always sounds like a good idea. Well, it looks like we're about out of time for this episode, so thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Senior Associate Editor Ellie Coggins and Associate Editor Michael Morris for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. That's it for today's code conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future and don't forget to check out the members only portal on our website for more podcasts and other great content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.